0: Welcome to the Seller Roundtable e commerce coaching and
1: business strategies with Andy Arnott and Amy Wies. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Andy Arnott with Amy Wies. And this is Seller Roundtable number 117. We have Anthony Liebach, the myth, the man, the legend. Anthony, thanks so much for being on. Thank you for having me again. Yeah, absolutely. So if you have not heard Anthony, uh, uh, his backstory on previous episodes, you can go listen to that. But for the people who have never heard of you before, which is, I just don't believe it. You know, it's like not knowing who Kim Kardashian is, you know, in the Amazon space. (laughs) So so, (laughs) Anthony, tell the people who don't know the Amazon Kim Kardashian who you are and-
2: who is Kim Kardashian? <laughs>
1: i just kidding. I'm kidding. Right? I, wish, I wish we could say that. I think our, our society would be much better off, but I digress. You, you realize that you just built a psychological bridge between me and Kim Kardashian, though. Hey, you know what? You might like rap stars. You know, I'm just saying, you know, I'm, I'm just saying it might there might be <laughs> oh, some comparisons goodness.
0: there. Okay. Um,
1: <laughs> uh, so, yeah, the quick backstory,
0: I've been in the space since 2014, a seller, a consultant, and uh, I've actually worked for a couple of the big software softwares in the space. I was with six lead for six years and then uh, helium 10 Signalytics, and moved away from SAS and now working with canopy management on the agency side. Uh, so I have access to a lot of data. I've seen a lot of data. I like to dig into the data, the A9 algorithm and ranking. It's like my favorite topic in the world to nerd out about for way too long. And, uh, and yeah,
1: Awesome. All right. So, you know, one of my favorite topics, uh, not only uh, the the A9 algorithm, which I I love, SEO, of course, which I love. Um, The other thing that I really love is uh, launching, right? So that's kind of where you started, Anthony. I would love to know kind of, you know, how you've seen the progression of launch. Don't worry, you're back. You froze there for a minute, but you're back. Yeah, no, all That's of right. you, you froze, and I was like, no, no, no. And I also anyway, did okay. a really, really good job. I'm gonna pat myself on the back because I made the question really, really long so that it would, you know, so that it would we wouldn't get any awkward silences. But anyway, Sorry. I would love to know kind of the um, you know, how you've seen launch evolve, because that was kind of where you started. And, you know, as a seller and even in the PBC world, that's still a very big part of getting a, getting a successful product, uh, you know, moving on Amazon. So how do you think, you know, launch has progressed? Um, you know, what do you think today? What's working? What's not working? Where do you see the future of launch?
0: Oh, man. I'm, so it's actually cool that you asked that because I'm totally putting together an article and a webinar on that topic too, because it's, it's just fascinating. But where I saw it, like I started back in the day, when the very first uh, kind of launch strategy uh, that was widely adopted was to run the Facebook ads and then get a bunch of people in a Facebook group and then give them free product. Because back then you could do 100% off discounts, give them a free product, and then it would, it would boost your rank. And then um, it evolved from there to just using email lists to blast out the, the coupon code. And it was like so easy to rank back then. And then it evolved into you can no longer do 100% off. And then it evolved into like weird things happen if you ever did over 90%. And then it evolved into rankings just not sticking at all if you use deep discounts. And then it evolved into trying to push people more into uh, full price. And that's when everybody started doing rebates. And then it evolved into all these various ways to route people into the rebate because everybody doing, you know, search find or a single channel seem to uh, diminish the effects. And, you know, now there's probably a dozen different ways that people tell you to launch. Uh, Some people just say, don't do any of that. Only PPC. That's all you need to do. And I've seen that work too, but for some niches it's very expensive. Um, Like uh, my buddy, Danny McMillan did a PPC only launch for a really, really, really highly traffic keyword and he had to spend $1,000 a day in PPC to make it happen, but he did after like, I think a month and a half. That's really expensive, though. but that's not how it is for every keyword. Um. Anyway, now uh, I think <clears throat> in like the, I guess optimization and efficiency of trying to make the platform as user-friendly for buyers as humanly possible. Amazon's got it to a place now where uh, a lot of the super black hat stuff doesn't seem to be as effective. It's a lot harder to pull off. Obviously there's still people doing it, but I mean these are very sophisticated operations because it's not as easy. So not everybody can just go and you know be super black hat. Uh, And and I think that ends up being a good thing for the buyer. So what we're looking at now that seems to work is, you know, still full price purchases. Um, You can still pull off rebates, but you you want to really diversify the the traffic, Um, make sure that it's coming from a lot of different places. Ultimately it forces the seller to adopt a more robust uh, marketing plan. Like you're looking at things like Facebook ads and Pinterest ads. You're looking at things like, you know, email lists, you're looking at uh, a, mixing in there some discounts some lower discounts, you're looking at influencer marketing and, and um, you know, buy one, get ones. And ultimately you just have a lot of traffic sources and you have some actual sales going through, and then you have some actual customer follow-up happening and then you're getting real reviews. And when you can set that up, this is what seems to be the best kind of environment for people who are doing launches. Uh, and I think all of that in parallel with PPC, uh is the formula for you know that's working the best right now.
1: Absolutely, and and Amy and I have been harping on on people about this for years. Like, hey, it's coming. PPC is going to get really, really expensive. You're going to, you you need to send diverse traffic to Amazon. You made, to, you, you were saying this too years ago, like you need to make it look a natural, you know, you, you, you can't rely on Amazon PPC anymore or discounts or things like that. Like you, you have to do a, you know, kind of everything approach and hit it all at the same time, you know, especially during that honeymoon period, you know, with influencers, with Pinterest, with like pretty much anywhere you can think of, I was, I was telling people like anywhere that you can think of that you can drive traffic from on an Amazon launch, you should be um you know of course there's some that work better than others depending on your niche you know i always use the example of you know you're not going to sell office paper on tiktok but you know you're going to sell bikinis on tiktok like a mofo um right <laughs> is that an official can i say mofo is that like an, an, an official uh terminology
0: i i mean I, I think it is for gen x so i'm
1: I all think right perfect. perfect so i have a
2: follow-up question about launch um You know, something that more and more people, I had two messages today, two random messages today, just about this one subject. I think people are finding it much harder to get reviews now because it used to be, we had all these tactics. Like you could even ask for reviews through rebate services and you could get away with it and it was okay. And And now it's like, there aren't a lot of review loopholes left to just get those initial reviews. Now, of course, you got to have your own launch list and then you don't have a problem because you can reach out to customers yourself. You can have that dialogue, which is what I always recommend, but would you agree, Anthony? Like as far as launch goes, would you think I do, I am seeing across the board, like the number one struggle is, you know, I'll do listing reviews and people will not have any reviews and I'll reach out to them and say, like, you need reviews, like you need some initial reviews. And they're like, I don't know how to get them. I don't know what to do. You know? So what do you think about reviews? Like what's the future of reviews and what do you think sellers are going to have to get better at in order to be, have a successful launch?
0: Um. So, First, let's go over where the problem is, right? So when people are doing all these diverse launch strategies, here are the issues, right? You're doing influencer marketing. You want to get the influencer uh, audience to really dive in. So you give them something like a 40% discount. Three people try to leave a review for a 40% discount purchase in the same day. Amazon goes, whoa, uh, that has to be verified. Sorry. Boom. They can't do it anymore. You do buy one, get ones, which is like my new favorite thing to do now um you know because it's treated slightly differently than a 50 percent coupon and then on top of that you get 200 uh unit accession percentage but that still doesn't count as verified so those reviews get shut down really quickly um you're doing rebates and everybody's scared like holy crap I, like i don't want to ask these people for a review because that's like a surefire way to get yourself in trouble uh For the longest time, the best thing to do was inserts. And now Amazon's cracking down on those, right? They're actually, like, suspending the listing and being like, you got to get rid of these before we can let you sell them anymore. And they're showing the screenshot or the picture of the actual inserts. So they're actually looking at these packaging. And everybody's freaking out about that. And that, I mean, that was a great strategy up until like, I think, two months ago. So you're right. Everything that we're trying is kind of being stopped. Um, ultimately, the only way that you can ensure that you will always get awesome, real reviews is like you said, you have to build your own list. If you bring the customer from an outside source into Amazon and actually build a relationship with them first, so they're like part of following your brand, then you bring them to Amazon, you can communicate with them outside of Amazon and From that, the conversation can go into leaving a review on Amazon, leaving a review on Google, right? Leaving a review on on, um, the Google My Business, because that's something that you could also do that would be very beneficial for your business. You know, leaving it on Facebook, if that's a big platform for your brand. So that's the beautiful part about having a relationship outside of Amazon, bringing the customers to you first and then to your distribution channels, is then you can build that up. Is there some risk involved? Yeah, if one of them leaves a review on Amazon and then tells Amazon that you asked them for it, um, but that's like such a small risk. And ultimately the best thing for your business, regardless of what the rules of any marketplace platform is, is to build a customer list and build a a list of rating fans, period.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So Anthony, what I'm curious about is, you know, Amazon is... you know, constantly evolving. And it seems like lately, this is just my opinion, that it's getting more anti seller, right? It's like putting more of the onus on running a business on the seller, right? So like just today, I, I read about there's a new A to Z policy change. I don't know if you saw that. Um, which, you know, it's it, it once again, they're pushing more of the the liability, the risk, the kind of um, those issues to the seller. Um, you know, what do you think, do you think Amazon's going to continue down that, that path? And how do you think this policy change is going to affect sellers?
0: I think that they've always been down that path or of course they're going to continue. Look, do you remember back in the day? See, you're an old school head like me. So you remember this back in the day when, um, everybody, like all the States were cracking down, like, Hey, why aren't you taking uh, a state tax? And, all the sellers are like because those aren't our customers, and Amazon's <laughs> like, uh, yeah, yeah, they are. Right. But then on the other side, they're like, no, they're not. And that's when the government finally said, okay, Amazon, if you're not right. sharing the the customer with them, then we need you to handle this. So then, what did they do? They ter- they were like, all right, well, fine. And they turned off all like you don't get their uh, address anymore. They turned off phone numbers a long time ago. Like they did all that in response to the fact that now they can't force you to be the person that handles the tax. So they've been doing that forever. They're going to keep doing it as far as this policy. Um, I see the thing is, is I'm not really sure how that impacts anything. If you add Amazon to your policy, like does, does that somehow change the value of the policy in any way or what, what implications are there? Um, I feel like there is some, but I've never, like, I've never, done that. I've never been like, well, here's this giant mega corporation marketplace. We're going to add them to the policy because they asked us to.
1: Right. And and that, that is an interesting question um, because I just, with that, with that post, they're pushing that, right. They're really pushing that, that you buy that insurance and then they get to be a co-policy holder. Um, What's interesting about that, that is then now, are you, you know, somehow business associates and like, you know, as a, as a third-party seller now, if you get sued, does Amazon, you know, if your million dollar policy, Can they now sue you and Amazon, which I'm pretty sure they can now, you know, like, is that better or worse for Amazon in a way? I almost think it's worse because now they're kind of saying like putting their signature on part of your business, right? Part part of your liability. So that is going to be an interesting, um, you know, when that goes to court, which I'm sure it will at some point, that's going to be an interesting battle. It will. And.
2: It says, basically, beginning September 1st, just for those people who haven't seen this yet in their Amazon news, I have it pulled up right now. Beginning September 1st, 2021, we will, oh, so let me start over. Today, we are expanding our A to Z guarantee to protect both customers and sellers in the unlikely event a defective product sold through Amazon causes property damage or personal injury. Beginning September 1st, we will, number one, offer an efficient process for both parties to resolve such claims. Number two, pay valid claims less than $1,000 and not seek reimbursement from sellers who have valid insurance. So if you have insurance, you don't have to, uh, they're not gonna ask you for reimbursement. But if you don't, hmm, could they ask you for reimbursement? And make it easier for sellers to buy insurance at competitive rates through Amazon Insurance Accelerator, that's definitely new, right? Yeah,
0: so it's like the IP Accelerator, right? They're gonna have this portal of of approved vendors. And what it it sounds like this is a direct response to the government basically saying, hey, Amazon, from now on, you're liable for harm done by defective products. And so how can they take total responsibility when it's the third party, this is how they get the third party involved. So I have no doubt that this benefits Amazon in at least that way. So now something bad happens. They're not the only one holding back. They're like, hold on. We're partners with this, with the seller and this policy. I have no doubt in my mind that claims for over a thousand dollars will somehow push some of that onto the business that holds the policy too. There's just no way that that's
2: and Not it says here, we are updating this requirement for sellers to have insurance, right? Um, we're updating this requirement as of September 1st. Our business solutions agreement will require sellers to obtain product liability insurance, which was always a requirement, but and name Amazon as an additional insured once you reach $10,000 in sales in one month on Amazon, If you're a new seller or an existing seller looking for a new policy, we've worked with an insurance broker to create Amazon Insurance Accelerator, a network of vetted insurance providers to help you easily and affordably secure liability insurance. So that's interesting. It's like now they're having this $10,000 a month requirement. Once you reach that, then you have to have not only a policy, it doesn't say you have to have a policy through Insurance Accelerator, but you have to have a policy that has Amazon named as one of the additional insured.
0: I will say that I personally think that this is probably better for Amazon for claims over $1,000. But just like IP Accelerator gets you brand, uh, brand stuff well before the trademark play. goes through, yeah. I feel like for claims under $1,000 is actually it's probably going to be really good for sellers.
2: Because if oh. Amazon's just
0: going to eat that, then right. sellers are like, all right, well, my insurance and Amazon will handle this. And I don't even have to, like, I'll get an email and I'll know. But how often sure.
2: have you ever even heard of, like, I've never had a, had to even use my insurance in the three years, well, four years now, since I've had private, you know, private label and started with an insurance policy. I've never had a claim. So Maybe it's... <laughs> I've never, I've
1: never had a claim, but I had one customer contact me once who said that one of our products did damage to, uh, to like some property of theirs. And luckily they were cool. I was just like, yeah, I'll replace it. Like, here's the, the money to replace it. Um, you know, but yeah, I've never gotten an insurance claim either, but I think Amazon, because of the bad press, now Amazon can go to the press and say, you know, they do everything, you know, as much as they want to say like, oh, we're helping sellers, you know, They, you know, there's always an underlying Anthony, like you said, it's better for them, you know, they're getting, they're getting um, all this, you know, flack about liability and cheating and all this stuff so in the press, Amazon is a really bad image, right? When it comes to, you know, whether it's taking care of their workers, whether it's, you know, putting mom, mom and pop out of business on Main Street, like all these things. And so I think this is them trying to be like, well, look at how awesome we are, press. We are making sure that everyone's safe. And, you know, so that's, that. once well, again, my opinion, but yeah.
2: And down that same road of we've none of us have ever had a claim in all of our years of selling, with this new A to Z guarantee, is it going to is it going to encourage and make it easier for more people to file claims? And now suddenly, maybe there's some back end way for Amazon to make more money out of it, right? Because if the claim is over a thousand dollars, then they're going to not only they're going to get kickback from all these providers. Oh man, oh wow. <laughs> We just backed ourselves into a corner
1: there, but right. But Amy, so what I see here though is now that Amazon, if Amazon's going to eat the majority of the A to Z claims, which are under a thousand bucks, which I think in that same post it said eighty percent are under a thousand bucks, I guarantee you they're going to start pushing back way more on that. You know, because in the past, like as a customer, you do an A to Z and they would just go, "Yeah, here's your money back," like pretty much no questions asked, right? I bet now. There's gonna be probably a lot more hoops for the customer to jump through in order to get that that refund, right? That 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 money back. That's just my guess. But you know, once again, it can again, also Amazon have, have the opposite the effect money.
2: though. It can have the opposite effect because if Like I go to file an A to Z claim and I go, oh, have you been harmed in some way? Like here, you know, file a claim through our easy file claim process. Well, right now, if you go to A to Z, um, you don't see anything about filing a claim.
1: Right. So they buried it. Yeah, they buried it too. Yeah, they buried it too. Though, like, yeah, I don't know if you've noticed because um, my wife just had uh, Molly uh, just had like an issue with I can't remember what product it was, and she like tried to go into like file the A to Z, and it's like buried now. Like you almost can't even find it. At least what she said, she could like barely find it. So once again, I you know who knows? It's gonna be interesting to see how it plays out. But I agree with you in terms of depending on how they play this it, it, it could be you know ripe for for abuse so we'll, we'll wait and see i guarantee you if it is if it gets abused they will issue a new update a couple months from now saying hey yeah. we've updated this policy to you know fifty dollars is now our new max or whatever yeah. you know you're gonna pay the difference or something so yeah they this could, could be like a carrot the carrot before the stick right they could also backtrack it if uh
0: customer um response is too negative though Like, if they start giving pushback and then cut, and then, like, the next thing you know, you know, New York Times comes out with this big piece about how customers are leaving Amazon in droves. Guess what? (laughs) Zipping that one back up because I mean, that's
1: how they roll. (laughs) That is, yep. So, yeah, it'll be an experiment, I'm sure. So, Anthony, let's change gears here. Now that you're at a PPC management company. I feel like we would be doing a disservice to not talk a little bit about PPC. So uh, one of the things we were talking about a little bit before we got started was how um, I didn't make it to prosper. You guys were saying at prosper that, you know, pretty much every seller you're talking to is complaining about uh, skyrocketing PPC costs. Um, And you said that, you know, with, with canopy, you guys have a lot of data, so you're able to actually prove whether that's true or not. And you said you have been taking a look at that data. I would love to know kind of where you see the progression in terms of, Uh, you know, PPC costs and, and how you think that's going to play out for the rest of the year.
0: Okay. So, well, first, uh, you know, to a little clarity on
1: like what prompted
0: this, Um, there've been some talks up, up leading up to prosper. There was a few uh, different sellers just, you know, in network and, and clients and whatnot who were like, Hey, what's going on? Um, Because, they just gotten off of probably one of the best years ever, right? COVID spending that's through the roof. Prime day was pushed to October. So it's like back to back all these events. Then we get off this last prime day and then stuff kind of turns into crickets, which is funny. If you actually uh, saw the webinar that we did about prime day, one of the things that I brought up was, Hey, um, you know, don't get too excited. Because this might not look as good as you think it's going to after. And sure enough, anyway, so a lot of people are freaking out like, what is going on? Why are ads so high? Why are results so low? And then we get to Prosper. And then you got all these, not just sellers, but agencies talking about ACOS is through the roof. I mean, historically across like clients, uh, an extra 10% since uh, a year prior. And Um, then Marketplace Pulse recently came out with this article about how the rising costs of Amazon uh, advertising. Anyway, if you look at the data, so I looked at, um, our, our partner data, but not only that, but PPC Honorage has a, a community dashboard. You can literally look at the past two years of data and it's, I mean, if you put it all together and you look at it, On the one hand, you got people saying, see, every year costs go up. And and this was to be expected, right? While the real estate was undervalued, it was going to slowly go up. This is what happened with Facebook ads. This is what happened with Google ads. This is what's happening. The Snapchat ads, as we speak, Pinterest ads will eventually get there too. The point is though, is if you look at the charts though, things are going up. And then there was a sharp decline in 2020. And now it's even higher than it was in 2019. Everybody's kind of freaking out. And the thing is, though, is if you look at the swings, in my opinion, this is a normal market correction. If you look at the swings, this is how stuff like that looks. If you look at housing prices, if you look at, at currency, if you look at stock indexes, every time there's an unprecedented swing low, there's always a larger than normal correction, and then actually levels out. And that's what I think is happening right now. I don't think some people have said this. They believe that one day a cost will across the board be over 50% and sponsor product ads will no longer be profitable. I don't think that's going to happen. And the reason is because there's no reason to believe that these unprecedentedly high levels, which yes, I will admit like what, 41%, 47% increase from uh, last year. is. I mean, it's absurd. And then a, a pretty decent uh, uh, increase from 2019 as well. I will admit it's really high. But there's no reason to believe that that's just the trajectory, right? I think we're going to see a correction even from this high uh, because it looks like a market correction. And why would there be a market correction? Well, think about it in terms of the way the market has played out. We saw the best CPCs in a long time last year because due to the pandemic, everybody was shopping online. Everybody was buying stuff they usually never buy online. Like it was... Nuts. Well, right around Prime Day, which is like everybody's favorite holiday, the restrictions started to ease and everybody was getting out of the house again. And here's the thing. I think that people are still going to buy more stuff than they used to online, but not this past quarter, probably not the next quarter either, because my God, you can finally go to the mall. Like People that don't ever shop at the mall are shopping in the mall right now because they haven't been able to in over a year. Right So people just don't want to be in front of their computer, so we're seeing that correction because everybody's like, "Forget this, I'm tired of being
1: here right now. I want to go somewhere else." That's my take. It's interesting. I mean, you can see that across many different kind of uh, things too. I mean, you know, the highest ever people going camping and doing all this like outdoor adventure because they're like, "Wow, I just was locked in my house for a year. I hated that. So what's the opposite of that? <laughs> The other thing is is you know, it's just mentality, right? If like if if you're at a seller conference and everyone's saying, like, oh my god, the, the ACOS is out of control, I'm gonna start turning down or turning off ads, it's just like the stock market, it's just like crypto. It's all uh it's all driven by either fear or greed, right? So, like depending on what side you're on. So if people are starting to fear that they're gonna to spend too much on ads, they're going to start dialing back, which will naturally bring the market down. So I completely agree there. I, I think that's a, a really interesting point. The other thing that people do need to, to realize is, is Amazon is, com- is constantly spinning up new ad uh, spaces, new, uh, you know, ways to advertise on Amazon. And it's so funny because to this day, there's still so many people who are not using Amazon coupons, right? I'm yeah. like, like, even if it's 5% or a dollar off, like you get that orange flag, like, why not? Like, why aren't you doing that with combination uh, w- with your ads, which also gives you uh, On a lot of people don't know this, like better placement on ads in terms of the ads will say like this is on sale or get a dollar off or whatever. So I think that, you know, water flows downhill. So people are going to start getting more and more creative. The other thing I want to mention, I, I love that you said that is there was a progression from, you know, all of a sudden it was like, oh, you, if you put Google ads up, you're going to be a millionaire, you know? And then it was like Facebook, then it was Instagram. Now it's probably like TikTok, I would say is probably, you know, and, and, and all like these new platforms, it's trendy, right? So people want to jump on there. Once again, though, if you're selling copy paper, sorry, TikTok's probably not going to work for you unless you're funny. Like, unless you can do like a dollar shave club kind of thing. so so now it's full circle people i've been saying this for a couple of years now google ads dude you want to talk about cheap ads right now and not only that but you know people are searching for something really specific they're seeking it they're not just being shown it so you have the the much bigger intent there so yeah i've been saying that for a few years now and i think that a lot of people that i'm talking to that are getting really diverse in their in their traffic um are the ones who are going to continue to succeed on the in the amazon world
0: yeah no um I was just gonna say on the on the Google ads front, um, this has actually been touched on. So it's interesting because I'm like really big on doing all of these crazy launch flows. and I was doing rebates for a long time. And I was uh, for a while, I was pushing for everybody to push people to a Google page because I had found all of these wikis from 2018 where internally Amazon was saying, you know, they have this whole team dedicated to optimizing all of the catalog pages for Google. So they even admitted that they want conversions to happen from Google because it's very important for Amazon to uh, rank for Google. So I did that. And then shortly thereafter, Seller Tools was telling everybody, hey, send them to YouTube, which is a Google property. And then uh, Casey Goss and uh, Thrasio was coming out saying, actually, we're running Google ads. We're seeing huge results in rank, Uh, So they were doing like these sneaky like redirects with uh, URLs to mask it and make it look like it's a Google ad, even if you're not running Google ads. But moral of the story is like everybody that's on this has been telling people to push people to Google uh, because Amazon really cares about the traffic that comes from Google. Thanks for tuning in to part one of this episode. Join us every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Standard Time for live Q&A and bonus content after the recording at sellerroundtable.com.